Welcome to The Lowdown, KMXT's new daily show dedicated to giving you the up-to-date information we have available on the COVID-19 outbreak and how it's impacting life on Kodiak Island. The Lowdown will focus on the facts as provided to us by local and state officials. During the show, we give you access to local officials and experts on COVID-19 and community actions related to it. If you have questions for our guests, please email them to lowdown at kmxt.org or call KMXT at 486-3181. You can find a list of upcoming guests on our Facebook page or on our website, kmxt.org. Audio from each day's program will be posted on the website. And good morning. Happy Friday to you. Big day, Alaska. At least some parts of it are open for business in Kodiak, as we heard yesterday during the local ESC meeting, is moving forward towards opening today as well. We wanted to talk about how that's going to work, what we should do to prepare for it it with some of our local leaders and Mike Twangy, the city manager and director of the ESC, along with the ESC's public information officer, Bianca Clark and Megan Christensen, are all here graciously decided to come in and talk with us about it and make themselves available for your questions. If you have questions, shoot us a email, lowdown at kmxt.org, or call the station 486-3181, and we'll try and get your question answered. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you coming in this morning. Uh, welcome, Mike. Um Well, let's just jump right into it. Two weeks ago, we were thinking Kodiak was going to slowly be reopening. Uh, The phase one then was kind of surprisingly announced, and I I think that took us all a little bit bit by surprise, especially when they pulled the local uh, control option out one day, and then the next day put it back in. But by the time when you guys came in two weeks ago on a Friday— we talked about that the problem that that caused at a local level, trying to decide whether to do something on a local basis or do something in following up what the, the state was going to do. Um, and then a couple of days ago, well, we progressed along. We, we, we kind of went, and I, I believe everybody was on the same page. They, they thought this was going to be a slow rollout phased thing where we were going to go from phase one to phase two and analyze the data that came in and then kind of slowly progress. So Monday of this week, Dr. Zink came out and said, okay, it's time to slowly start to expand your bubble. Uh, expand your, 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 your circle of friends a little bit, and we're going to plot ahead sort of slowly. And then the next night, the governor said, whole state's open on Friday. Um, It's up to the local governments if you want to slow things down a little bit, but we're going to put out some guidelines uh, by Wednesday or Thursday to tell you what we're going to do. And, and so that's where we're at right now. We're, we're open today. And from what the conversation you folks had with us yesterday, we're going to go along with the state plan and Kodiak is open today as long as uh, everybody does what's required them of them under the state plan. That's true. Um, So, you know, going back a few weeks, you know, the governor had always been saying that uh, local uh, local communities had the local option, you might say, to to open at their own uh, comfort levels. And then uh, that got reversed uh, 
So we, we did uh, do a little scramble to catch up. We were originally intending to open up a, a week later, give ourselves a week to prepare now that we've heard the news. But uh, we've had to, in the past uh, several weeks now, we've had to um, stay caught up to what the governor's uh, plans are. The Emergency Services Council uh, supports the governor on the plan. Uh, we're just trying to do it uh, wisely within our community and still uh, give people the option to open when they're comfortable. Um, we're proud to say that 102 businesses uh, and, and uh, agencies have um, submitted their business reopening mitigation plans to the safety chief and uh, continuing to come in. So uh, that's a sign that the, the local business population is about the health of their customers and their employees and are willing to take all these safety practices that are uh, represented through the guidance. Are we, are we ready to open? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I know some businesses are not yet at this time. Um, the Emergency Operations Center and the, and the ESC, the council, uh, we're in this wait and see what happens. Um, we feel, some of us, that um, it's got risk, but, uh, you know, how long can we push this out into the summer? So, fortunately, uh, I'd like to say that, uh, you know, the businesses are taking precautions, the fishermen are taking precautions, the, uh, the processors are taking precautions. So, we're, we're probably in a very good state right now to... to go through this exercise. So uh, was the last 11 or 12 weeks just a learning experience for us? I mean, is this preparation of how to conduct ourselves uh, safely a little bit more? So when it eventually comes into the community, we're a little bit more prepared to, to handle it? You could say that, yeah. We, um, we've had the luxury of uh, only the one case in town, so we've been able to prepare as much as possible without having a real scramble for multiple cases like some communities, uh, like in Southeast, uh, they were popping uh, two, three a day in their small community. Uh, we've had that luxury to prepare and, and now that we're all set up, we are very prepared. How prepared? I'm, the last few days has seen a surprising number of cases in rural communities. We got one in Dillingham, one in Bristol Bay. There's a healthcare professional from Nome that was uh, uh, positive, tested positive last night or this morning. Um, how prepared are we to catch things as they come into the community? Well, that's, that's a real good question. Um, what you're talking about is screening, I assume, huh? Or how, you know, there was a lot of questions last time, and there continues to be questions about airport security. You know, it seems like you folks have a pretty good handle on the port. Um, I know that uh, air travel was a particular source of, uh, of concern. It, it has been, and uh, we've learned a lot about the air travel recently. Um, the Coast Guard has uh, has plans, uh, quarantine plans 
for their workers that are coming in and any of their personnel that are coming back. The uh, most of the essential travel has been construction and fishing that we understand. So uh, those industries both have protocols. So um, there's there's a few uh, local travelers we can assume because it's difficult to understand who's traveling on a personal basis because we don't see those travel declaration forms. That's but, still um, we're a little we're a little more comfortable um, knowing that those that are coming in may be working in essential industry, so um, their plans are in place for protection. So, and again, they've been traveling. We've been seeing you know seventy some arrivals lately uh, per day, and we still don't have a case in town. So that's all. Uh, that's all indicative of uh, safety protocols that people are taking. It does appear that most of the uh, people that are being caught in other communities are coming in as part of an essential essential business. Uh, my concern, and I would imagine yours, is what do we do with the non-essential travel since that's now been opened up? Yeah, uh, not a lot we can do. You know, uh, in Kodiak, the uh, the state owns the airport. Alaska Airlines owns the, the facility. Um, we don't have the control over over that like we would uh, wish. You know, we've talked to the state about that several times again, and um, that's still the status. So we're focusing on what we can control. Yeah. Um. As I understand it, all of the mandates pretty much are gone now, except for the ones that deal with travel, healthcare facilities, uh, nursing care facilities, and with fishing. That is right. There are um, on the website right now a total of five mandates remaining. Um, two of them do cover travel, healthcare. Um, the protective measures for independent commercial fishing vessels, and then uh, the the standing non-congregate non shelter order that they that they um, put in there as well. But that's all that's left. So as far as the business plans, when we we were here two weeks ago, when those pages and pages of recommendations for businesses came out and said, if you own a gym or you own a massage parlor or you own a haircutting salon, these are the things that you need to do to uh, be protective of your clients before you're allowed to open up. And now it's sort of a, a CDC recommendations for best practices, and that's it. It is. Um, they're still in the phase three, four guidance that came out uh, late yesterday afternoon. Uh, the detailed guidance does go through sort of step-by-step step what businesses should be doing um, to try to promote the precautions that we've all been trying to implement, social distancing, um, washing hands, frequently washing surfaces, uh, wearing masks if you're in close contact with others where it's challenging to keep your distance. Um, and there is a lot of reference to the CDC um, decision-making trees when you're evaluating your business. Am I ready to open my business? Um, the CDC provides a decision tree tool uh, that breaks down whether or not your business may or may not be ready and that all that information is included in that three four guidance that he put out the attachments on the website all those letters uh, that were specific to all the different businesses 
there's now a header above those that says that those attachments will be updated in the days ahead. Um, it, I'm not, I, I don't know that anyone's really certain what specifically those updates might look like. Uh, it does indicate that all capacity restrictions have been removed. Um, and beyond that, just defers to the, the, the phase three and phase four guidance, which still encourages businesses to promote those precautions. So what does that mean for somebody that's trying to make the decision whether to reopen now? I mean, are they then submitting a mitigation plan based on the old guidelines or waiting for new things to come up? Uh, is what we're really dealing with a lot of common sense? It, it does seem to be that. Uh, it It is seems mostly that the guidance is encouraging the promotion of personal responsibility and for businesses to do their best to assist individuals with their personal mitigation strategies by perhaps implementing some of those same strategies in businesses. I think it's safe to say that the guidance that came out that had all of the musts and shalls and requirements um, in, in the lettered attachments three or four days ago are still safe precautions to take. They are still things that businesses should consider when they're looking at reopening. Um, how can I help to promote social distancing? Maybe my restaurant spaces its tables out a little bit further. Maybe the restaurant or bar or other business still does shopping by appointments, or perhaps a business elects not to open at all right now because they're concerned that their population would be too high risk. Um, but it is really encouraging businesses to reflect on how they can help to promote and support that, how they can keep themselves and their customers safe and encourage individuals to be doing the same. So it seems like the onus now is really on us, though. I mean, from the, t the header on the governor's reopen plan seems to say Alaskans keep themselves, them, their families and their communities safe. Um, so it's going to be your responsibility to, if you're a consumer, to make sure if you want to if you want to spend your money someplace that a business is operating in a way that you feel safe going in yeah that's right that's what uh that's what that uh storefront uh plaque says you know a green circle with a black check mark people are looking for that symbol meaning the businesses have taken precautions i, I believe businesses are uh, obviously through this whole ordeal have been adjusting to their, you know, customer base. And if the customers uh, aren't flocking back to the businesses because they want to be more social distance, uh, I bet they will be seating them that way and, and uh, making them comfortable for the, uh, their clientele or customers so that they do stay busy. So you're, you're still saying you're going to, continue to take new plans that come in. I, one thing I didn't ask, you know, the these are for new businesses. How about the essential businesses? Are they still continuing to to file a mitigation plan with you or because it was never required in the past, right? Um they are continuing. Um they were some of the early ones to uh, submit their plans. But uh you know, everybody's Everybody's submitting what you mentioned it earlier, common sense. They're submitting the plans that meet their actual business model. And we just uh, 
review those and, and provide recommendation if necessary. And then, then we attach the uh, the guidance that the state has put out with that plan. So they're they have all the information up to date on that. From from two weeks ago, though, when we had all the detail listed as to what's required of you in terms of distancing and sanitation um, and the amount of people in your space, are those good protocols still? I mean, if, if I was thinking this is what I want to do, would I go back in time to two weeks ago and say, that's a better way to conduct my business than this already eased up system that appears to be in place now? Well, I'll take that. I guess um, I think, well, I, I, I don't think, I, I guess businesses are going to continue to work uh, the safety practices that are uh, responsibilities of their own business in this pandemic right now. Uh, I think it's too early to to uh, go back to pre-COVID-19 days. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the ESC and how it works. Um, when when the governor issued that uh, statement that Alaska was going to open on Tuesday, uh, and you've been kind of hunkered down, probably having meeting after meeting, trying to decide what you were going to do by yesterday afternoon. Um, is, is it a democratic process that you have going? I mean, do you have like 10 voting members of the ESC and they all have a say in how you should move forward? Yeah, the Emergency Services Council is the policymaking body. So um, we meet uh, once a week and review the previous week's actions and uh, what we're doing this week and then the, the upcoming week. And um, it's a democratic group. Uh, we have uh, sections from the state, the Coast Guard, um, you know, the city and borough. So without like identifying people, you know, I don't want to do that. It, was there was there discussion about slowing the process down and using the local mandate to sort of roll us out in a week or two when you felt more comfortable? Or how did that work? There was originally. Um, there was originally we were going to roll out, uh, like I said, uh, a week later than the governor's uh, plan just so we could just get all the information together and then everyone all the businesses and all of us could be prepared for potential reopening and and uh then we at some point uh, along the trip uh, decided to just stay with uh, with the governor's mandates and um and track that the best we could to avoid confusion that's I would imagine it would be pretty tough unless you made an announcement immediately that no we're we're going to go a little bit slower than this because the, the once the box gets opened and 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 there's a understanding from everybody that this is going to be allowed as of Friday it's pretty hard to it's pretty hard to say we're going to slow this down right yeah uh let's go back a little bit mike and remember that speech i gave at noon on a thursday that said uh, bear hunting is now closed yeah in the state of alaska 
And uh, before I got home that night, it was reopened. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do remember. <laughs> I do remember that. So that, that's how fast things are changing, and uh, we uh, we're trying to stay up to date up to date on uh, what the state is doing. So, what does this mean now that we're open? Though, are you uh, are are you at a are you at a higher risk level now, or is the risk level starting to come down? How much of a workload is it on you, and how how much how much longer do you folks anticipate being in the kind of in the forefront and doing these Thursday m- meetings with the public? Well, that's a real good question because we've been talking about that recently. Um, we're the emergency operations center, uh, staffed by about 13 people every every day, every weekday, um, is continuing to meet. Uh, we have slowed down a bit. We're not uh, we're not all here full time, but, but we do have the safety chiefs and um, our public information office operation. Uh, we're all available, uh, but every day, but not uh, all day right now. Um, and we're looking ahead to uh, longer operational periods, they're called, um, because we're in this lull, you might say, and we're prepositioned all through all of our uh, agencies that we feel comfortable with. You know, our alternate care facility is still established. We've got shelter capabilities. Uh, medical community is, is ready. We've got the testing going on. We're testing locally. Um, so we're keeping a good handle on uh, on the virus in, in our community right now. So we're slowing down, but we're all also fully prepared to ramp up immediately if uh, need be. So your tentacles have to be out. You know, if things are opening up and people are starting to come in again and people are starting to congregate again, that you know, according to the medical professions, it's bound to get here at some point in time. When it gets here, what, how, how do you anticipate we're going to respond to it? I mean, if it's one case, does everything shut down again? Or if it's uh, one case, you sort of kind of let it brew for a bit and make a decision later if it gets to 10? Well, we're going to, um, once we find that, that case, we're going to do the contact uh, survey and see who who that person's been in contact. That's why the state is now asking us because they recognize the potential uh, spread of the virus. Keep track of who you've been with and where you've been, um, which is a little, uh, maybe a little invasive, but only uh, only necessary for the healthcare providers. So um, if we see a case and we're able to isolate uh, we're, we're good. Um, if we see multiple cases uh, and they're all a cluster, we could isolate that group again and we're, we're still good. If we've got them popping up all, all through town, uh, that'll be a decision we'll be making with Emergency Services Council, but I, I quite believe that we'll have to uh, hunker back down a bit to uh, prevent any further spread because ultimately our goal is to Keep the community safe and not overwhelm the healthcare providers. So, if I'm if I'm understanding you correctly, is it every individual has to keep a, a log of what who they've been hanging around with? 
That's what they're recommending. You know. Um, and they say that if you if you can't uh, if you can't uh, remember where you've been or how many people you've been in contact with, you're getting too much exposure. <laughs> I think there has to be some sort of app for this, but without the, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, w without the uh, the data from the airlines, you know, I, I just got a picture of a, a person sitting in aisle 13 of the, the incoming jet, you know, with without the passenger list of who else was on the plane with you, uh, it that makes it pretty tough. And then transporting them to wherever they're going then you're in contact with a whole lot of people. We we still have this quarantine requirement, right, for somebody that's coming out of town, even if it's for non-essential, if it's for essential even, right? They have to quarantine for 14 days? From out of state. They're traveling from uh, outside of the state of Alaska. But in from in the state to the st another place in the state, they don't have to quarantine. Correct. Yes. Okay. What how how much of a how much of an extra load is this on you now on the ESC? Do you have the personnel in place to be able to manage all these mitigation plans? Do you have, you know, an, enough personnel to be out and and go out and do educational um outreach, which is I think how we were originally talking about the difference between enforcement and uh, gentle prodding. Mike, that's a good opportunity for me to say we've got a fantastic team at the Emergency Operations Center. Um, we're answering the public's questions. We're preparing to safeguard the community. Um, we've got good agency coordination within our community. Um, we are putting messages out uh, uh, through the uh, Facebook page. Um, Information is on the websites, uh, both the city and the borough websites, uh, about the CDC guidance and what we're doing locally. Uh, we have, you know, we've put up these banners that uh, are, are around town right now. We've got 24 of them out. Uh, those banners are just a subtle reminder to protect yourself. Um, we, you know, if I could toot the horn of the EOC and the ESC, um, I think we've been very proactive in our actions and uh, we were recognized by the state a couple weeks ago now when they were here just a week ago. Yeah, right. so we, Time flies. Yeah. Time flies. So are, do you still have the, uh, it's got to be tiring, right? I mean, you've been kind of working at both ends of the candle doing your regular job and doing this ESC job. Yeah, we're all, we're all doing, uh, two jobs right now. We've got uh, the liberty to be over here, but their work is still uh, on our desk at the other job. So, um, like I said, we've got folks in the Emergency Operations Center from both the city, the school district, and the uh, Kodiak Island Borough. We, we keep getting questions about enforcement, you know, of why, why there is no enforcement of any of these mandates or recommendations. Um, and, and I, why, why, if you could just kind of in general discuss that a little bit. 
Well, we're not going out uh, in enforcing anything because the governor keeps saying that people are uh, going to self-patrol themselves. That's the action they want to take. There are some real um, strict guidelines for enforcement, but um, we're choosing not to take that action here unless it's egregious. And, but we haven't had to do that in the past. We, we haven't had to do anything yet, right? Correct. So if you got a call, I mean, is there has the ESC hotline been used by people like, uh, hot, you know, the tattle line? <laughs> uh, <laughs> have had folks call into the public information office um, with concerns that they've expressed, and we've tried to give them the best uh, guidance we can for themselves as an individual to do things only that they feel comfortable with and um, to try to educate as much as we can on what the guidance and the mandates, et cetera, from the state actually are or entail. And then from there, um, you know, the state provides or has provided um, the an email address and uh, to which folks can email direct concerns regarding things that they're seeing that they feel are uh, in conflict with the mandates. And we do offer that out as well to folks who really would like to take their concern to a different or a higher authority. Okay. Bianca, has that been slowing down now? The and I, I would say that it has. Most of what we're receiving now is uh, is questions about travel and, and things like that. So we're just working on trying to educate people on, on those bits. Businesses do call and ask questions about um, how to safely operate within the the governor's guidelines and things like that. So we're getting a lot of people looking for that education and we're trying to provide it um, and seeing far fewer um, folks calling with concerns or those types of reports. Uh, do you still kind of provide services to the community where I know you had access to some resources that uh, might not exist here. Are you still getting requests like that? Yeah, we still uh, field uh, re requests for resources every day. Every day. Yeah. Well, also it's P PPE right now. Yeah. Um, masks and uh, personal protective equipment. Um, you know, we have uh, the the harbor staff. You know that we were brought in from the state. Uh, we're taking care of them as well. So meals, et cetera. Uh, it, it, masking is no is not a requirement. It's just a recommendation. It's good practice. Do we have enough? Well, uh, we we've been the Emergency Operations Center has been distributing uh, cloth facial masks uh, for several weeks now, and as of yesterday, I think we distributed thirty two hundred masks out. Uh, we have masks available now. Uh, required this we are not requiring masks I know there's guidelines for restaurants um, I just read something this morning that they for businesses um, they're encouraging face coverings and I'm not sure if that's for the business uh, or the or the customers it's, or if it's both but they're still encouraging masks. Every time um, 
to announce also that there is a mask distribution today down at the boat harbor, the Shellacoff ramp across from the Harborside coffee shop. These are free fabric masks to anybody who needs one. And they're nice. Great. 11 o'clock. Sanitizer, is that was that's always been an issue. Is that getting better? Yes, there seems to be good supply on the island now. Good. Uh, well, Megan, since you don't pop up in the little screen here, it probably is a good time to get you involved. Um, you, let's talk about the, the mandates for fishing, for seafood processors, and for the fleet. Those are still in place, right? Correct. With no changes. Um, they added guidance for set net um, fishermen because they didn't really fall into the vessel category. However, most of the recommendation, recommendations applied to them as well as to those who are operating from a vessel. And what particularly, what, what's the particulars of it? If I'm a set net fisherman, what do I have to know that I need to comply well, with now? Any commercial fishing operation, whether it's set net or um, aboard a vessel, they need to educate their crew regarding the, the virus and the precautions that should be taken. They should be monitoring the health of themselves and their crew. Um, there is a man, the mandate does include a form that needs to be completed and that form needs to be submitted to um, their processor and any um, official who asks for it. You know, sometimes the Coast Guard does vessel inspections on the grounds uh, and so the operator, whether it be the skipper or if a set net site were to be approached, they have to have this form available, just acknowledging that they have read the mandate and that they are aware of the precautions that should be um, made to protect themselves and anybody they may come in contact with. Okay. Pretty, pretty much then from weeks ago when the processors came in and talked about their plan, those plans are still in place, and they're, we're pretty sure that that's a fairly secure part of our environment, right? Yes, I think um, that recent events have exemplified how well their plans are working and the, the benefit of having those plans in place Um we haven't had a, a, a case here in Kodiak that relates to a processor. However, it is happening in other areas of the state. And I think that the processors should all be commended on how well their plans have been established and are, are working. Great. Um, we've already gone through this, Mike, I, I, but I, I have a listener question, so they may not have heard your answer in, in the past. Um, there's there's a question always about why we're not able to swab people, take temperatures of people when they get off the plane. I think uh, the supply is is one factor right there, um, and you know we just can't test everybody. Uh, we've got limited uh, uh, ability. However, we've tested uh, how many as of this morning people. 400 400 some people i guess um in the community so far but 
we, we just don't have the capacity to test a uh, hundred people a day coming off the airplanes. We had talked about because we, Go ahead. because we are a community with a hospital and, and public health care. Um, we are not the priority community for those sorts of services. It, major concern is those smaller communities that are having an influx of people seasonally and don't have that same capacity that we do. So they're able to be more restrictive than we are, is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Um, are changes, are there changes that you know of to healthcare facilities? Well, we do know that they've reopened up uh, for elective surgery and they are testing those uh, patients before they um, come into the hospital so, or, or take that surgery. So that's, that's the only change that I'm aware of right now. Otherwise, they're operational. It, there, there has not been a lifting of dental services though, right? Are they not still prohibited from being in business? The health mandate 15 uh, speaks to healthcare provider services, and there is an, an appendix, sorry, not an attachment, an appendix with specific guidance for dentists. Um, so there are guidelines under which they can operate uh, and, and guidance for them for that. Um. You, you mentioned that you have a, a meeting later this afternoon. I was concerned about um, or interested in what, what you're doing with our village population now. The uh, meeting this afternoon is a um, roundtable sponsored by and it's to touch base with each of the communities to um, find out how they're managing through this pandemic and if there are any particular needs that they um, would like to see addressed. Mostly it's a check-in. Do, do they still have the specific authority to prohibit travel to their villages? So those communities who are not served by the Alaska Marine Highway System yeah. have that ability. Um, some of the communities, um, Port Lyons, Uzinki, and Old Harbor are in a, they're kind of caught in a difficult situation because the mandate says that that intrastate travelers um, can come into their community without a need for quarantine. Um, however, they are also small communities under the 3,000 uh, population designation. Um, so typically they would be able to make their own rules However, those communities served by the Alaska Marine Highway kind of get caught in this gray area where it, it doesn't sound like they can prohibit people from coming in or require them to quarantine. Um, they're definitely concerned about visitors to their community. They could make them feel unwelcome, though, couldn't they? That's true. They could. <laughs> that wouldn't be the Alaskan way, though. Um, how do you implement, this is a question we got just now from a caller, how do you implement your plans in lieu of an outbreak that seems to me to be highly potential? Uh, since that was a, a question you received, I can't uh, ask that question back. Uh, 
implement what plan are we asking here? Um, just our, our objective plan, our action plan. That would, that's that's all that's on the paper. So, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I don't know how to well, interpret that either. I can answer, the best answer I have for that, I guess, is um, that we're just prepared. We're prepared. We're prepared. Um, what's, what is the most, what is the thing that concerns you most right now? You know, what really concerns me, Mike, is is an outbreak in our community that affects the elderly. Um, that's That's been all my concern all along that we have in one of our uh, facilities that have elder population, you know, which buildings I'm talking about. Um, that would be devastating in my eyes. How about you, Bianca? Um... I would say that probably of greater concern to me is just um, as folks relax into expanding the bubble, which is perhaps what the state is is calling it, um, that somewhere along the line maybe um, there's a there's a contact made and that we might possibly see um, a bit of a surge here in Kodiak. Uh, I really hope that's not the case. We're, we do such a great job of keeping an eye out on the things that we can control and uh, putting out as much education as we possibly can to try to remind people to keep themselves and their families healthy and safe. Um, but I, I do, I do wonder and worry a little bit about that as we all start to spend a little more time with each other, just trying to, uh, trying to not have that happen as much as we can. Yeah. How about you, Megan? Um, my concern, you know, along with what Mike described, is that there are people in our community who have been pretty vocal about not really believing that the pandemic is a real concern. And so my concern is that no matter what you believe, um, people should be respectful to each other. And and take care of themselves at the level that they feel comfortable with. Because there are a lot um, of people in our community, you know, our villages are small. They don't, their healthcare, their emergency healthcare capacity is dependent upon whether being able to get patients into town. Um, we do have elders in, in our community. We do have people with weak immune systems and so this is a very real virus. It's not going to go away, and we have to learn how to live with it. And I think it's important to remember to be respectful of others and how they and their feelings of, about the situation. Your assessment now we've you're, we're into it eleven or twelve weeks is have we done the right things? Are did we move too quickly? Did we move too late? Or did we make it last too long? Or do you, are you feel comfortable with Kodiak's response so far? I feel comfortable with it. I feel it was appropriate, uh, perhaps not perfect, but this is, this is unknown. We've never experienced anything like this. And I would rather err on the side of caution, particularly in light of other communities that have experienced in incredible loss. That's my position. 
Anybody else want to chime in on that one? <laughs> well, you know, that's something we will always look back on and determine if we did the right thing. But uh, I guess the data speaks for itself right now is we have had just the one case um, and uh, no others reported. So, you know, I, I believe we've done well. Yeah. And it's the community that's that supported all of this. It's not just one group of people that have kept the virus out of town. It's everyone that's taken precautions. You know, the hunker down was important and we noticed the, uh, the contact spread started to go down a bit from that as soon as we started relaxing. And like Megan said, some people are not going to follow the directives. Um, there's always going to be those cases that pop up, but um, Kodiak has been uh, very uh, focused on protecting each other. We see a lot of masks around town. Sometimes they they kind of start to um, disappear for a while and then they, they pop up. But there was a period of time when uh, I saw a majority of people in their cars with a mask on and still see a lot of masks. So uh, I'm glad to glad to see that. And um, like I said, we'll we'll look back when this is all over and we'll evaluate our our processes and, and uh, determine what we could do better if we need. Are you concerned now with tourist season upon us and fishing season upon us that uh, something's going to happen now? I'm concerned, worried, no. Um, I don't think there's going to be the tourist season like we thought. And a lot of right now, there's still that interstate travel mandate that says you have to uh, quarantine. So that's going to reduce the, the out of state travelers. And, you know, with the uh, cruise ship industry uh, kind of shutting down here, um, we're, we're going to just see fewer and fewer people than normal in our community this summer. Well, as, as I understand it, though, the, the interstate travel mandate's going to be reassessed next week. So it's very possible that that quarantine won't exist anymore next week, right? Well, it's possible, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll know the night, we'll know the night before. <laughs> <laughs> our, our business community obviously has taken a huge hit. What can, what can we do? What can the ESC do to assist in the recovery of the community? Well, the uh, ESC has uh, directed a, a group, local group to come up with a, like a business recovery plan. And uh, next week at the city council meeting, we're no, not next week, it's June 2nd, excuse me. We're going to recognize that group and uh, enter into an agreement to provide uh, CARES Act funding uh, for distribution to the business community. And that's the whole island right now is my understanding. It's not just in the city. It's going to be uh, for business recovery within the whole island. So um, if the council still considers uh, that uh, that recovery funding, um, we'll be we'll be influxing uh, quite a bit of dollars into the community. So this this is the CARES Act funding that was directed to the city for um, 
you to distribute uh, throughout the community, and now you're going to make that available to businesses throughout the community? Yeah, we're going to carve out a chunk of that CARES Act funding. Now, we haven't accepted the money yet, and so uh, that's that's going to be on June 2nd. We'll, uh, we'll adopt that resolution and the grant agreement. We'll submit that to the state uh, before we're uh, eligible for any money, but uh, we're quite optimistic that we're going to uh, accept the CARES Act funding. And for the city of Kodiak, it's almost $12 million. Now, are there significant strings? What, what would prevent you from accepting the money? Uh, is there strings attached that will limit the, what it can be used for? Oh, yeah, there's limitations and there's uh, eligible expenditures. Um, we've, we've looked at a few of our expenditures and right now they all meet the criteria. So, um, of course, there's always strings attached to uh, grant money, but <laughs> nothing unusual at this point. And there's talk that it uh, may be even fur further uh, um, restrictions could be lifted. So, um, but right now we're, we're comfortable. I'm comfortable and looking forward to being able to support our community. Okay. If you were going to give advice to people in the community of how to forge ahead with their lives now, and now that things are opening a bit more, what would what would you what would your advice be to them? Well, my advice would be um, safeguard yourself, and uh, you know continue the social distancing because that's that's obviously uh, a factor in the spread is on the, the distancing. I mean, it might be uncomfortable for some, but, you know, uh, if you're comfortable in your, with your household members or your very close friends, you know, there's, there's interaction there, but um, staying clear of people you, you don't know or, or aren't in your, what they call your bubble <laughs> uh, is my recommendation. You know, continue those safeguards. It's working, it's working in town and we're glad to see that it's, um, at the level we're at, uh, nobody wants to see Kodiak be the hotspot. And, um, and the only way to prevent that is to continue what we're doing, continue the social distancing, washing your hands, uh, covering your cough, keeping the spread down. You know, uh, we pay a lot of attention to what uh, state medical director Ann Zink says. And um, this is a very nasty virus that we do not want to get. And the data that and the information that continues to come out means it's not uh, catch the virus and, and get over the virus. The virus does damage to your body that could be a lifetime. And uh, what we're hearing uh, about the children now that are getting sick, having some real difficulties uh, and health concerns. So uh, I don't wish this on anyone. Well, for Memorial Day, as we plod towards Memorial Day, uh, uh, let's just celebrate it safely and yeah. see if we can move our community towards a slow... What, let me just ask you kind of a softball question, but if if a business doesn't have the green check mark on the door, would you go in? That's a personal question that yeah. each person has to determine for themselves. 
the nice thing about the, the check mark on the door is that it does show that the the owner or manager of the establishment has taken time to think through how they want to operate their business and protect their employees and, and the public. And so the check mark in the entryway indicates, you know, it's, it's, it's a visual to know that they have taken that effort. And I think that's, it's become popular here in Kodiak. Earlier you asked about the essential services that have been open for a while. Are they submitting plans? Well, yes, they have been submitting plans because they like the idea of having that visual piece that's consistent throughout the community. So um, again, my answer is the same. It's a personal decision on what, you, what you're comfortable with. Uh, you need to know that that person, that business has gone through the effort have their plan reviewed and that it's been accepted, then um, there's a lot of people I think that are going to feel more comfortable seeing that check mark um, than not. And I think there are a group of people that aren't going to care so much. They'll go in and they'll take care of their business and they'll they'll go about their lives. But what I, I guess that, that's a good answer. What I'm asking is, um, there there's not a need anymore to get the green check mark, right? Under the way that the guidelines have been changed it's not a mandatory requirement anymore for a business to submit the plan it's just a voluntary thing right never, never really was a requirement to submit it it was a requirement to have a plan in place so that's like your bad so we that's like i'm sorry what did you say oh i i heard mike talking i so i stopped I, I was just going to say this, this was like um, a, it did it again. <laughs> 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 I, I'm sorry, the camera is not actually showing the three of you now, so I'm not sure if Mike is getting ready to um. talk. So I, I keep stopping. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, so um, just to follow up to that was um, like Megan said, uh, it was they were required to have a plan. We uh, stepped in and said, we'll help you with your plan. That's where the, uh, the storefront uh, logo came came to be. You were supposed to put something in your storefront that said you you accept the, the mandate guidelines. Uh, but uh, we, we, we designed that uh, green circle with the black check mark that people are looking for. And that's just an indicator that uh, real quick uh, reference to say that um, they are meeting expectations. Well, you know, you you folks, uh, I, I can't thank you enough for your time and for what you're doing for the community. I very much appreciate you taking an hour out of your morning here to come and talk with us and uh, answer some questions. So you have a safe weekend. I hope uh, things kind of slow down for you and you get a chance to enjoy the holiday. Thank you. Same for you, Mike. Yeah, thank you, Mike. And, and thank you for... Uh, getting this information out to the public uh, on a continual basis it's uh it's very important and uh, i'm sure it's had an effect uh in our community i hope so all right hey thanks have a good weekend